CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. A true friend is long sought, rarely found, and with difficulty kept. A true friend is one's most precious possession, worth his weight in gold. And yet, friendship is the most fragile of all human relationships. There is no new enemy like an old friend. You're not going to convince me to change my mind. Your kind never does. I came here to see if you can convince me to change mine. Change your mind? About what? I've made up my mind to kill you. Unless you can convince me that I shouldn't. That's, uh, a gun. Of course. And now that you know I'm serious, start talking. drama, Daddy's Girls, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Terry Keene and Carol Titel. I'll be back shortly with Act One. As Mr. Oscar Wilde said... Society is wonderfully delightful. To be in it is merely a bore. To be out of it is simply a tragedy. Society. At one time, it referred to the whole bottle of milk. Recently, we take it to mean only the cream on the top. Ah, well, isn't that the part that always turns sour first? At any rate, in every town, city, village, and hamlet of our great democracy there is always somebody who defines just what society is. And, more important, who is in it. Going out again tonight, Clara? Mm-hmm. Business. Of course. What's the matter? Nothing. Does your back hurt? If I could only feel it hurt, I'd be all right. Where'd you get that dress? You don't like it? Oh, I think... Oh the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Oh, a compliment for a change. Let's declare a national holiday. That dress is at least worth a couple of hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. That's what Bettina gets for it in her shop. Uh-huh. And what did she charge you for it? Nothing. She insisted she simply had to give it to me. Why? She wanted to show her gratitude. Really? I give her all those plugs in the column. Oh, it's that column, Clara's clarion. It's made you the little tin horn dictator. Tin horn dictator? Don't use that, Mary. It dates you. It's so absolutely 1940 is. Oh, well, I'm not afraid of my age. 
Oh, Clara. Please, please, you're about to give me some honest sentiment, and I'm just not geared for it at the moment. I'm going to a very posh party, and I've got to work myself into a most intense tray gay mood. And I thought you wanted to become a writer. My darling, I became a writer. Mm, Clara's clarion. You're nothing but a gossip monger. All right, what will you do this evening? Shall I move the TV into your room? No. I have some work. Work? Jack Parnell asked me to proofread some manuscripts. You ruin your eyes. If I make enough to support myself, you won't be able to say you have to write gossip because you have to take care of me. It isn't gossip. It's a form of literature. Ciao, darling. I shall bring back some delicacies, tidbits, assorted goodies, and delights. Oh, no. Can you answer that, Angel? I don't want to be held up. If it's someone unimportant, say I've gone. Oh. Hello. Clara? No. Are you her sister, Mary? Yes. This is Bob Lewis. Is she there? But just a moment. I'll see. It's your publisher, Clara. Bob Loomis. Is he important? Oh, give me that phone. Bobby, darling. You caught me just as I was going out. Can you come over here right away? Now? Yes, now. I was on my way to the Tyndale party. You know it's the affair of the year. I want you to come here. To my place. Right away. <sighs> He's loaded for bear. Something wrong? Wrong? Well, he sounded like a till of the hun. Oh, no, dear. That's his natural voice, his everyday manner. Why does he want to see you? Quien sabe, sweetheart? Maybe he wants to give me a raise. Please come in, Clara. Uh, oh, you sit down. Oh, thank you, Bob. Are you wondering why I asked you to come here? The suspense is killing then me. And I'll put an end to it. You're fired. I'll give you three months severance. I don't have to do it. Two weeks is all I really owe you. But why, Bob? Why? I don't like you, Clara. Why don't you like me? I like you. I like everybody. That's why I do my job so well. Because it's about people. And I love people. I mean, my column, Clara's Clary, and everybody reads it and loves it. We'll survive the loss. You still haven't told me why. Yes, yes, I did. I don't like you. But you don't like anyone, practically, who works at the paper. That's true. But most of them don't bother me. And why do I bother you? Because you're on the take. That's a lie. I never took 15 cents. I don't say it's money. If it were, I'd have you prosecuted. But it's clothes and gifts and stuff like that. I can't help it if people want to show their gratitude. One hand washes the other, and you know it. Oh, well, who are you to talk? You've never used your editorial page for your own end? I do it all the time. Then how can you point that soiled finger at me? You're building up your own little empire, and I won't have it. There's only one empire on this newspaper, and that's mine. Bob, please. Now listen. Whoever you hire has to do it. Unless she's independently wealthy. You know what you pay me. How can I live on it? I have to cover parties, balls, dances, formals. I can't afford to buy all those clothes and my hair always has to be done. I want to make a change. That's all there is to the thing. And when did you decide? A half hour ago. Just five seconds before I called you. 
Bob, I need the job. If I gave everybody a job who needed one, I'd have to go out of business. Besides, I don't run a paper to support your vanity. Look at yourself. You're the queen. Everybody bows to you. Why? So you'll put their names in your column. Without that column, you're nobody. It's time you got back into the real world. And did what? I don't have anything else. I haven't written anything else in years. I don't have any connections anywhere else. The job, it's all I have. I'm not young anymore. I can't start all over again. I'm sorry. I own a newspaper. I run it my way. I'm giving you three months' pay. What more do you want? What more do I want? I don't know. Maybe I would want some understanding. Some sympathy. Do you still want me to cover the Tyndale party? If you were to be Queen Bee for this one last night, go ahead. Be my guest. Hello? Mary, are you all right? Oh, yes, yes, fine. Where are you? Uh, where would I be? At the Tyndale party, of course. Oh, uh, what did Mr. Bob Loomis want? Oh, uh, it was nothing. Clara, it wasn't nothing. I heard him on the phone. He was angry. What about? Now, please, don't lie to me. He was just letting off steam about how some of the stuff doesn't get in by deadline, and I told him he can't hassle society people. But everything's just fine now. Uh, listen, uh, don't wait up for me. Now, uh, this bash will go on for quite a little bit, so you might as well get to sleep. Oh, I suppose. I I'll take my pill and turn on my music and drift off. Do that. Uh, and I'll see you at breakfast. Clara, uh, are you sure everything's all right? Arrivederci, sweetie. I think I'll find something to, to listen to. Oh, I'm tired. I'm so tired. I, I don't think I need a pill. I can make you see it. Clara, why did you come here? 
Did you think you could convince me to change my mind? Oh, no. Your type never does. I came here to see if you can convince me to change mine. Now, look here. You're obviously drunk. No. I've been drinking, but I'm not drunk. Daddy showed us how to hold our liquor. He taught his little girls how to behave like ladies at all times. Now, why am I here? Oh, yes. To give you a chance to convince me to change my mind. About what? I've made up my mind to kill you. You can leave. You think I'm joking? Yes. And it's in bad taste. Murder is always in bad taste. That's why I've come here to see if you can convince me not to commit one. Why do you insist on provoking a scene? Why don't you get down to business? Your life is at stake. I don't want to call the police, but if you insist on a scene... No, don't pick up the telephone. I won't. If you leave right now. Sit down. That's uh, a gun. Yes. Well, for the very first time this evening, we can agree on something. This is a gun. Is this your idea of a joke? Why can't you accept the situation for what it is? It is not a joke, a charade, or a play. I am ready to pull the trigger. Suppose... Suppose I don't fire you. Suppose I give you my word. Once this gun isn't pointing at you, what's your word worth? I'll write out a contract. <laughs> Did you ever sign a contract you couldn't break? You're crazy. You're drunk. That's all immaterial, irrelevant, and beside the point. What can I tell you? That... That is your problem. Yes, indeed. And a more pressing and critical problem could hardly be imagined. Would she kill him because he fired her? There are people who have killed for much less. On the other hand, there are people who have been treated much worse and have gone on suffering in silence. We shall resolve this question shortly. test yourself. Ask someone the following question. What are you? Most of the time, the answer will be, why, I'm a doctor, a lawyer, a plumber, a salesman. How many people will say, I'm a human being placed on this earth to help mankind and fulfill the mission assigned to me by my creator? Or something of that sort. Most of us see ourselves in terms of what we do, our job, and if our job is taken away from us, we can lose our entire reason for existence. Now, listen, Clara. Yes? What do you want me to tell you? Why I shouldn't kill you. You won't get away with it. Why not? No one saw me come, no one will see me go. Because you like your privacy, there isn't another house for a hundred yards. Oh, the shot? If anyone hears it, it's a backfire from a truck. So, we've disposed of that argument. Do you have another? You still won't get away with it. Why not? Oh, 
think of all the people who hate you. Not enough to murder me. Uh, Molly Britton would murder you. She doesn't really believe you did her the world's greatest favor by breaking your engagement. Jerry Hines would cheerfully kill you. He doesn't have the nerve. The police don't know that. The fact is, you drove him into bankruptcy. I'm far down on the list. I'd be lost in the shuffle. That's enough. Who do you think you are? Coming here trying to scare me with that water pistol. It doesn't squirt water. The joke is over. It isn't a joke. Stand still. You won't shoot. Don't take another step. I don't believe you. Maybe next time, you'll believe me. Good morning, Clara. Mary. Hey, I was going to help you come oh, in no, here. No, 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 it's okay. I can use the crutches again. Oh, so I see. That means you must be feeling better. No, Clara, I feel awful. Well, then I'd better take you to the hospital right now. Oh, I, I made such a fool of myself last night. Now, how could you possibly make a fool of yourself? I promise you won't laugh. Only if it's serious. Well, it was 1.30 in the morning. I woke up. The pill didn't work? I didn't take it. I woke up and I thought I heard someone moving about in the house. You, you what? I thought I heard... And then I was sure I heard someone. Oh. I was so frightened. I was positive I heard footsteps. Well, did you open the drawer and, and get the gun? The gun? Well, you know I put it back in your room. Oh, yes, I remember now. Well, back in, in your night table. That's right. You did. Oh, I could never use it. I, I'd, I'd be scared out of my wits if I ever had to hold a gun. Oh, how can you say that? It was Daddy's thirty-two caliber revolver. He taught you how to use it, same as me. You were even a better shot. Oh, I hated it. I just did it to please him. Well, uh, go on about the noises. What did they sound like? I told you. Footsteps. Uh, at first, I thought someone was in my room, but... I, I wasn't even sure that I was awake. And then I heard them walking off. And, and they were going into your room. What did you do? For a few seconds, I, I couldn't do anything. And then I picked up the phone. And I called the police. Good. They were here in less than five minutes. I was watching the clock. And they searched the house from top to bottom, inside and out. Did they find anything? No. Oh, I, I was so embarrassed. Why? Well, because it was a false alarm. But would you rather it had been the real thing? And the two policemen, oh, they were so nice. I apologized. Oh, I, I, I just wish... What? Well, one thing bothers me. See, the drawer of my night table was open when I woke up. Oh, why should that bother you? I never leave it open. I always close it. So someone could have come into my room to look for something to steal. 
And when they didn't find it, they left and they went into your room. Well, could you have forgotten and left the drawer open before you fell asleep? Oh, no, no, I don't think so. Are you sure? I, I don't know. I'm not sure of anything anymore. Oh, this early in the morning? I better see who that is. Yes? Miss Clara Clark. Uh, who are you? I'm Detective Lieutenant Dave Bennett. My identification. Oh, yes. Oh, won't you come in? Is this about my sister? Your sister? Well, she thought that she heard a burglar last night and she called the police. Uh, oh, uh, Mary, dear, this is Lieutenant Bennett. Now, uh, which one of you is Miss Clara Clark? Oh, I am, but I wasn't here last night. I see. I uh, want to talk to you about the murder. What murder? Your boss, Mr. Robert K. Loomis, was shot to death. Bob Loomis? But I spoke to him on the telephone. When? Last night. Oh, my goodness. Clara, you were with him. You were with him last night, Miss Clark? Oh, yes. What time was this? Oh, it was... Uh... A quarter to nine, Clara, remember? You were about to leave for the Tyndale party. Yes, and I uh, arrived at Mr. Loomis's house at about nine or five after. Why did you go there? Oh, because I had just received the royal summons. He liked to feel that the people who worked for him were always at his beck and call. He'd pick up the phone any hour of the day or night, weekends, holidays, and say, get over here. And it was usually for nothing. Was it also uh, for nothing this time? Yes, he wanted to know why a person who could do serious writing, like me, wasn't working on a novel. Oh, my. And now he's dead. Yeah. His housekeeper came home early this morning and found the body. Well, do the police have any leads at all? That's why I'd like to talk to you. What can I tell you? Well, you know all the gossip. Oh, but it's it's only harmless gossip. Nothing that would get a man arrested for murder. Why do you say a man? But did I say a man? It could have been a woman, couldn't it? Yes. It's just that most murders seem to be committed by men. Wouldn't you say so, Lieutenant? No. You're the oldest employee. That is, you work at the paper longer than anybody else. Do you have any ideas about who might have wanted to murder him? Uh, Lieutenant, you, you will have to give me a chance to digest... I mean, just to get used to the idea. Yeah, yeah sure, sure. Sit down. Oh, thank you. Get your thoughts together. I'll be talking to you. Goodbye for now. Yes, goodbye. Bob Loomis. Murdered. Clara. Clara? Oh, yes, what is it? Why did you lie to that detective? Lie? I didn't. You did. 
When he asked why Bob Loomis had sent for you, you said it was because he wanted to praise your work. But that's not what you told me when you called me last night. What did I tell you? You said he was angry with you because of the way you were doing your job. Did I? And he really was angry, Clara. I could tell by his voice when he called. So why didn't you tell the detective the truth? Darling, it doesn't matter. Yes, Clara, the truth always matters. Yes, it matters to you. Because you sit here in the house all day and you can afford to indulge yourself in all sorts of fantasies about truth and morality and all the rest of that nonsense. But I'm out there in the real world getting my hands dirty, slugging it out, biting and clawing and scratching to survive. Oh. Mary, darling, I'm sorry. I could kill myself for saying that. Don't believe a word of it. Don't, please. Oh, it's all right, Clara. No, it isn't. But but you see, Angel, I didn't want that detective to suspect me. Oh, my goodness. Well, why should he suspect you? It, it wasn't a robbery or anything like that. And there were no signs of a forced entry. So, therefore, Bob must have been killed by someone he knew. But... How do you know all this? Or what? That there was no robbery, no forced entry. But the detective didn't say anything about that. Darling, when you've been a newspaper woman, you learn how to read the police. You listen to what they don't say. If there had been a robbery or a forced entry, he would have mentioned it. Oh. So, Bob was killed by someone whom he knew. Someone who was angry with him. Or with whom he was angry. Do, do you understand? I, I would suppose so. Consider this. At 9.30, say, that I had an argument with a man. At 1.30, he's dead. But how do you know it was 1.30? Well, it's, so it's, it's 2.30 or even earlier, 10.30, 11.30. In the back of this policeman's mind... A little voice says, aha, and now I am a suspect. Oh, Clara. Believe me, dear Mary, this is how it is in the real world. Oh, I, I suppose so. I know I told a lie, but, but who's injured by it? No one. And who's helped by it? Me. So, now I'd better go to work. Is there anything I should do for you first? No, no. I'll be just fine. Uh, Jenny, I'm dictating this on the machine and you can transcribe it later. Bob Loomis was more than just my publisher. He was my friend. He was a man of great humanity of unusual perception. He was kind, he was decent, and he loved his fellow man. We will all miss him. And Jenny, end this the way he would want me to, with the word that ends everything a newspaper person writes. Thirty. Thirty, Bob Loomis. Thirty. Is that true? Oh, not a word of it. 
But, uh, as they say, de mortuis nil nisi bonum. Only say good things about the dead. Well, I see you know your Latin. Just enough to get around. The door was open and your secretary was tied up. Uh, look, if you're busy... No, I... no, that's all right, Lieutenant. What did you want to see me about? I suppose I want to see you about everything. Now that you have uh, gotten yourself together. I hope so. He was killed by someone who knew him. He let that person into the house himself. Now that someone was very angry. How do you know? Whoever it was emptied the gun. So, who hated him? Ah, uh, here's the telephone book, Lieutenant. Pick a page, any page. He knew how to pull up just this side of libel. And it wasn't just what he wrote. It was what he did. To whom? Almost everybody. Some leading people? Well, he broke his engagement to Molly Britton after he'd led her on for years. And he got Jerry Hines to invest in a land scheme that blew up and stripped Jerry of every dollar he had in the world. What do you know? How can you beat those two for motives? You can't. Our heroine, Clara Clark, seems to have recovered from the initial shock she received from being forced to commit murder. But who knows? Maybe one can never recover from something like that. It seems to be a clean job. There were no witnesses. Wait. There was a witness to a part of it. Oh, yes, we're playing fair. If you were listening, you know who it is. by its very nature is the ultimate act, the final deed. And yet, although the victim's life is over, the killer, in a real sense, is born again. He or she becomes someone else, someone who is separated from his fellows by the brand of Cain. If he or she is a sensitive human being, he or she must learn how to live with the consequences of murder. And very soon, he or she discovers that a killer's work is never done. Tell me about Mr. Jerry Hines. Look, Lieutenant, I may have told you too much already about both Jerry and Molly Britton. After all, people do say many things they don't mean. Did uh, either of those two people ever threaten to kill Bob Loomis? Well... Mr. Clark, this is a murder investigation... If you know anything, it's your duty as a citizen to tell I don't me. know the details. But Bob got Jerry Hines to put up over a million dollars to buy some land for a vacation development. Turned out the place was a swamp. Jerry went flat broke. Jerry confronted him at the club, started a fist fight, and would have killed him if it hadn't been broken up. Jerry Hines, huh? Okay. Now... About Molly Britton. Oh, well, they'd been engaged for over four years, and just one day he said, Goodbye, it's over. Just like that? Just like he called me in and said, You're fired. <laughs> 
You mean that uh, Bob Loomis fired you, Miss Clark? Oh, no, no, no. What I meant was he told her the engagement was broken in the same casual way that he might have fired me or anyone else. I see. Well, thank you very much, Miss Clark. You've been most helpful. Dear, I'm afraid I'll be home late again. Oh. Mark Daly's running the paper now. He's crazy about the column. Wants me to expand it. So will you be all right? Oh, yes. Yes, I'll be all right. And I'll be home as early as I can. Ciao, sweetie. So. Onward and upward. And constantly forward. Clara? Clara? Oh, it's Molly. Oh, Molly Britton. Do you think I could see you j- j- just for a moment? Oh, it would take more, a minute, an hour, as much time as you want. I, I haven't been in this building, you know, since... Since... Oh, Clara. Clara, can you help me? Of course. Tell me how. Bob is dead. Yes. Do they know who did it? I don't think so. Not yet. I remember... I wrote him some letters, you know. No, I didn't. Yes, I wrote some very strong things. Oh? I said that he didn't deserve to live and that one day I would... You would what? Kill him. Oh. Well, everybody knows how upset you were. And and people say things like that under stress. But I... I put it in writing. Do you have an alibi? I was home. Sitting at home and... and drinking myself to sleep. What if the police find those letters? Maybe Bob destroyed them. Do you really think so? Oh, Clara. You, you were always my friend. Help me. Molly, do you want me to call a lawyer? A lawyer? Oh, but w- wouldn't that mean I was guilty? Are you guilty? Did you kill him? Did I kill him? I... I don't know. I honestly don't know. Well, uh, aren't you going to answer it? Never on the first ring. Let the other person get anxious. Yeah. Now. Clara Clark. Miss Clark? Yes? I want to pick up Molly Britton. She's at home. Do you have any idea where I might find her? Could you hold on for just a moment? Molly, it's the police. The police? They're looking for you. Oh, I've got to get away. Sooner or later, you're going to have to face them. And besides, you don't even know what they want. Now relax, darling. We'll have some coffee, and we'll just sit here and wait. my whole life. Everything I had in the world. I thought we were in love and then one day just like that he... We found some letters Miss Britt. Yes. Yes, the letters. You won't deny you wrote them. Please, let me tell you why I wrote them. You see, I, I was on fire inside. My mind was being destroyed by the violence of my emotions. And, and so I felt that if I could 
write everything down. It would sort of, you know, give me a release. Did it? Well, once I put everything on paper, I, I no longer hated him. Instead, I began to, to hate myself. Why? Because I wanted to destroy myself. I began drinking heavily. I'd start early in the day, and I'd pass out along about dinner time. Mr. Loomis was killed two nights ago. Where were you? Where was I? I don't know. You're saying you don't have an alibi. Lieutenant, there must be millions of people who don't have an alibi for that night. But how many of them had written Mr. Loomis threatening letters? Thank you, Clara, for trying to help me, but... I don't know. Perhaps I do have an alibi. I, I may have been somewhere with with someone, with some some people. M maybe they'll remember. Meanwhile, Miss Britton, I must ask you to come down to headquarters. I'll read you right. Hold it, Lieutenant. Jerry Hines also had a very strong motive. Jerry even beat him up. Mr. Hines has been in Europe these past two weeks. Miss Britton. Maybe, maybe I do have an alibi, Clara. C could you ask in your column if anyone remembers being with me, seeing me? Could you, Clara? You can get around a bit. Oh, and how nicely you made everything. Oh, I'm starved. The police may have solved the Bob Loomis murder. Oh, do you mean they found the killer? I think so. Who? Who was arrested? Molly Britton. Poor Molly Britton. Molly Britton? She was completely destroyed when he broke off with her, and she wrote him letters in which she swore she would kill him. And did she? She thinks she did. Oh, I, I, I just feel so sorry for her. What did you do with the gun? What did you say? You know what I said. What gun? Daddy's gun. The gun you used to kill Bob Loomis. Mary! What are you saying? We both know what I'm saying. You did kill Bob Loomis, didn't you? That's not fair. Ever since we were children, you were always showing me how smart you were. Clara, since that night, I would dream I heard the steps again. And I remembered suddenly how I really heard them. You came into the room. You thought the gun was 
in my bedside table. You forgot I'd given it back to you. It isn't true. You opened the drawer. It wasn't there. So you walked back to your own room, and those were the steps that awakened me, and you left the drawer open. No, Mary. Who had the motive to kill him? Wasn't yours as great as anyone's, even greater? But you felt you could save yourself. Please. What did you do with the gun? Mary, you're right. But I can still save myself. No one will do anything to poor Molly. She may even be acquitted. It'll even make her feel good to think she avenged herself. Please, please, Mary. It isn't right, Clara. Oh, it isn't right. Don't do it if it isn't right. The wit and wisdom of dear old Daddy. Was it right for Mama to die young and for him to squander her money? Clara, dear, live in the present. If Daddy hadn't gotten drunk and had the accident, you would have had a life where he didn't have to spend every day in a wheelchair. What you're saying is true. But should we make poor Molly Britton pay for it? Why shouldn't somebody else pay for a change? What did you do with the gun? Please, Mary. I cannot go to jail. I won't go on trial. Clara. What will you do? Call the police and tell them? No. I'll never say a word. Good. You won't and I won't. So let's forget it, shall we? You'll tell them yourself. Me? Tell the police and go to jail? You're crazy. Why should I tell because, them? Because, like it or not, you're still one of Daddy's girls. Mary. You'll tell them. It's only a matter of time. And not too much time, either. <gasps> Who's that? Darling, will you be this nervous for the rest of your life every time someone rings the bell? Now... Are you going to answer it? Why shouldn't I answer it? Oh, Lieutenant. Hello, Miss Clark. Won't you come in? And how are you, Miss Clark? Oh, very well, thank you. I just dropped in to thank you for your very important assistance. Oh? You helped set us in the right direction, and from there on, it was strictly routine. Miss Britton confessed. She confessed? Yes. As far as she's concerned, she's pretty sure she did. So it's neatly tied in a package. And that's that. Now I have to be on my way. Um, may I offer you a cup of coffee? No, thanks. Just had breakfast. Well, it's been nice meeting both of you. Uh, Lieutenant? Yes, Miss Clark? Lieutenant. What is it? Could you give me a lift down to police headquarters? I would, except I'm not going back there now. I think you will be. What do you mean? After you hear what I tell you. Could you wait just a second? Mary, darling, I have to go somewhere. Yes, dear. And I won't be back early. I don't even know... If I'll be back late. I understand. Actually, I don't know when I'll be back. Will you wait? I'll wait as long as I have to. 
Of course, there were those who said she committed the murder just for the sake of scoring a scoop. But fortunately, most folks, including the jury, were not so cynical. She received what might be considered a light sentence. But that isn't true. When a person of imagination who is not a criminal commits murder, he or she pays for it forever. I shall be back shortly. She could have gotten away with it, you might be saying to yourselves. So why did she confess? Perhaps it has to do with the nature of murder itself. The act of assassination is very cheap. What does it take? A few ounces of steel or lead. But as many killers discover, where murder is concerned, it isn't the initial cost. It's the upkeep. It takes a split second to kill. But one must live with the consequences forever. Our cast included Terry Keene, Carol Titel, and Bernard Grant. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.